Good morning, good evening, and possibly good afternoon. This is Darius coming at you from the Don't Argue with Idiots podcast for episode number nine. Today, my guest Terrence and I will talk about the importance of equal pay as far as who deserves to be paid more. Uh, do jobs owe you apathy? And also, the return to monogamy. Thank you, and stay tuned for some wildness, for lack of a better term. Good morning, good evening, and possibly good afternoon. This is Darius coming at you from the Don't Argue with Idiots podcast for episode number nine. And I'm here with a voice you are familiar with, but this time for his first appearance solo dolo i am here with terrence power to the people man i'm glad to be here uh like as you said did episodes six and seven but there were trio episodes i'm really happy to be here for my first solo show let's get into some mess all right speaking of mess i'd like to think start things out a little hot a little spicy so as far as when it comes to the conversation of equal pay should there be equal pay within the job yeah, I believe Gee. so. Okay. Well, when you ask that question, are you referring like specifically like gender? We'll start there, but we can we can just crisscross the whole board. Okay. Like, should there be equal pay across the board, everyone? Mm, I say yeah. I yeah. Overall, yes. I think there should be equal pay across the board. Now there are variables that I feel that are with that, but overall, yeah. I feel if you're there doing a job, then pay me for what I'm there to do regardless of who i am or what i am if i reach those qualifications that you're requesting give me all my money and then from there it should be moved to like an experience pay uh pay scale yeah like for sure you want to have a pay scale i just can't bring joe blow off the street to make 15 dollars an hour and and then bring someone in with a college degree and expect they're gonna be cool with that same 15 dollars an hour like there has to be a pay scale there and something like experience for sure something what do you like? What do you think about that? Should there be equal pay? Hell no! I don't think there should be equal pay whatsoever. In the same regards to where, first, I think the whole thing where we go with the gender and it's like men and women, I go a little bit further. I think mm. people should be paid for also what they have to deal with, not for just what they bring. So the thing is, let's say there's myself and uh, my white counterpart, same job. I deal with a lot more different tangibles that occur on a daily basis, especially when you work with a population of 60 and over. Uh, You have to deal with the people who think about the good old days, for lack of a better term, and where I have to kind of combat that and also even create this different persona just to navigate through my job and also be just as efficient. Uh, Also, I have to talk about the validity or the game plan that I come to in my meetings. Uh, it sucks, but the white person, their counterpart, can also just say an idea, mm-hmm. and then everyone will kind of think about it and go from there. I have to say that idea. I have to give the implications and vision I have for the next three years. I have to give the downfall, the pros and cons. I have to weigh a lot more variables before I'm actually able to present that idea. And I, I think that plays a very surface like this is just on the table like right now level table this is just starting out we're sitting there now when it comes to we're just talking about men at this point uh male counterpart white counterpart when it comes to the black woman at that point the black woman has to work the hardest and i think deserves to be paid the most as they are the most underappreciated and uh 
not really backed or supported by anyone because we are getting in the point where we're always talking about we need to get our black males on track especially when the time where it came for uh males being the main like you know money provider Mm -hmm. and so like the thought was like we need to fix the black males to fix everything else and everything will slightly even on out eventually but then we started to leave out the black female and then they became underrepresented uh what are some of your thoughts on what i just said there i kind of spouted out and i got a little passionate there to be honest no you did but i really like where you took it like if we're gonna go in that direction then absolutely like i feel when it when you're bringing in things like that absolutely like the black female like definitely is underappreciated uh overworked doesn't get nearly what they deserve Mm -hmm. in the workforce and i guess in even in life you could say in that category, yeah, absolutely. Things like that. I would even add on to that. We're going back to the whole equal pay thing. Um, yeah, you may hire me and say a white counterpart in to do the same job, but if I'm clearly outworking them every step of the way, I should be getting paid more than that person. I subscribe to something like that as well, like to where I feel. See, now you have me going back and forth because now I don't feel in that sense where equal pay should be a thing a lot of times when we talk about equal pay we more just go with the title you get the title you should get this pay yeah i think we should also examine the person a bit more and that is one thing that a lot of jobs like to say where they give you an idea of the pay where they give you that range Mm -hmm. but then they talk an account based on your experiences i like also based on who i am so my i had a good friend shout out to johnny where he talked about uh, in his interview something that I honestly never did before, where he talked about diversity within the mm-hmm. job and where it comes to asking about it. Like, what are you doing? How are you trying to move forward? How are you trying to get a more diverse workforce? And in one instance, you had where it was just like, oh, the person said, he was honest, he said, it's all white guys, but we don't notice color. And I was like, he, the, the gentleman, and when way he described it, it sounded like he was just trying to rub it off with a joke. And I was like, no, I, that's, that's, there's nothing funny there's about nothing that funny at all. That. And that's that's scary. I'm sorry. This can't be a ghost party. We all put on a bunch of pillowcases, all right? Yeah. Uh, but then there was another instance, and because this has been such a heightened topic in recent years, let's go months. I'm not, I don't want to go recent years. With everything swelling, it's been more of a thing where they had to pay attention to. In a different interview, there was the, I believe he said the president was there of the company, and he was there with a PowerPoint ready to actually explain what they want to do for diverse, uh, as far as when it comes to diversity, and how they actually make those plans move forward. Because you know, when you got all a bunch of white people trying to think, in, how can we bring in some black people? Mm-hmm. That's not going to go over too well. You know, not you can't just all. use the good old uh, chicken with a box over it. You know, trick. You can't put it there and I grab it. The box falls over my head. Thus, you got me. It won't operate the same way. What do you think jobs can do nowadays to get to be more diverse? Well, to attract it. Yeah. So to go off of that, it's, you're going to put me on a tangent here. So I like what you say about that as far as like how the president brought in this whole PowerPoint and they plan on doing this and that. First things first, who do you have? Who are you hiring in to execute this plan? Mm-hmm. Like before, the gentleman had just told him, oh, it's all white guys, but we don't we don't know this color. So you mean to tell me you're trying to execute a diverse plan, like a plan for diversity, but you only have white guys like on this, we'll call it a committee, so mm-hmm. to speak. 
that's not going to net any type of results in my opinion. I think it all starts, if you want to do something like that, you need to bring in different people to that committee and you need to have them running things. If you want to work your company towards hiring more black and brown people, well maybe you should take the black and brown people that you already have and have them come up with ideas, If, of course if that's something they're willing to do. They should be the ones leading this charge because that's their people. Can't expect a white man to know how to appease to a black person, a brown person, an Asian, something like that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I see that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the one thing I, I don't like, a uh, response I would not like to hear would just be like, yeah, we don't get really get that many applicants. Uh, I've had a friend where with her mother runs a uh, restaurant and they were just like, oh, we're so understaffed. And she's like, why do people not want to work? And then she just happened, her uh, daughter just happened to come upon these applications. She's like, why are you not hiring anyone? There are some applications here, but also I, and there's that leaves uh, the door open for X, Y, Z, because I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think uh, one the biggest thing is first impression. Why do we wear a suit to a, a meeting or an mm-hmm. interview? Why do we dress the part to make that first impression? So maybe that first impression could be negative. Because I have seen people that, for lack of a better term, did not give a fuck when they came in for their interview for what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. And you could tell at that point, I'm like, all right, there's no point really continuing the interview. Now we're just doing, I'm going to hear you out, but not really going to plan to move forward. And I feel like that's really what happened. Like you say, like, why are there so many people that don't want to work? Well... What are your expectations for someone when you're looking at these applications? Because if you have that stack of applications, but you're struggling to find some of the work, maybe you need to lower your standards a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, that whole idea of the first, the first impression, yeah, it's a big thing. Um, I like that you bring up the whole, we always wear a suit to our interview because, you know, that's kind of the standard and all that. And I just chuckle at that because... Um, of my current job now, I can specifically remember stressing over what I was going to wear. And I said, nah, I'm just going to go in how I normally would. It's a nice collared shirt, some slacks on, whatever. They're going to take me for how they am, for how I am. Because when I'm looking at someone for a first impression, looks don't necessarily, I don't want to say they don't matter, but it's not the end all be all. If you come in in a suit or if you come in in street clothes, eh, I'm going to have an opinion either way. But how are you as a person? Let's have a conversation, you know what I mean? If you're really hitting those marks and I genuinely feel you're here for the job and not just trying to get money, those are the type of applicants I feel you should be looking for. People who are really trying to work. Not necessarily, oh, well, they showed up in street clothes or I didn't like how they speak or how they answer these questions. Like at the end of the day, what do you really need? Do they seem like a genuine person? Can they get the job done? Now, when it comes to that, I would say, based on what you're coming in for, I will have to take into account. Because if you're wearing street clothes, and with street clothes, a collared shirt and slacks or khakis, those are still, like, that's still I mean, yeah, very appropriate. I do. Now, if you're wearing just, like, you coming in, let's say, honestly, let's go traditional, what we, what we always kind of talk about, the sag sagging pants. Mm-hmm. If you're wearing sagging pants, I'm sorry, I don't want I don't want to have a conversation. Agreed. It's almost the same way when I come have people come in to meet uh family or my like my great grandma. Mm-hmm. If you're not dressed appropriately, please don't. Like you don't walk in here, which I can't, you know, I don't want to see some cheeks. Yeah. I kinda do, but not for not, I mean, for my not in the work not in the not, workspace. Not not in the family space either yeah, at that point. Yeah. So I, I have to take that in you I have to take in a sense in the way you talk. All those 
matter. And I'm not saying, yeah, you can lose that one mark of dressing and it would hurt the rest, but it's culmination of all those things. I take mm-hmm. that into account with my friends because I see my friends are nothing more than a result of me as well, a reflection of me as well. I agree with So that. it's like I can't take someone who goes this way, this route, let's say these crazy things. But as a person, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you are as a person. Those are two separate things. Your presentation, that's one factor of it. Absolutely. No, like in, like you said, they obviously I said street clothes, and it's more so it is that presentation, that representation of yourself. If you know you're going in and you need to make a good first impression, I don't want you to feel you need to go over the top and say put on a suit, mm-hmm. but in your mind, what's a good representation of yourself? That's how I want you to dress to an interview. I see and Hawaiian through, shirts. Yeah. And you say Hawaiian I, shirts? I see people part? wearing Hawaiian shirts in these interviews. I beg your pardon. No. no like no. A, a, a orange, bright orange Hawaiian shirt with the flowers mm-hmm. and all that. And you know, at that point, I'm. what are your thoughts? I couldn't take that person seriously anymore. <sighs> what, what kind of pants are they wearing with this Hawaiian shirt? Jeans though? and rips. With rips? With the rips. Not just the knee ones. See, rips. That's, that's too casual Friday for me. It's way too casual Friday. It's In my mind, that's not a good first impression as far as that representation and presentation that I said. But, I mean, if that's how they feel, then, I mean, more power to you. It's probably yeah. going to be a mark on my list. Yeah. But, again, I told you to come in what made you feel presentable, so I really can't... I guess I can't necessarily knock said person if that's how they dressed, but, I mean, it's really not... I don't know, I guess ideal in my mind. It yeah. just really depends on the person. Yeah. And also depends on the setting. Because, yeah. like, when I interview for anywhere, or if it's fitness or anything like that, oh, yeah, like, they tell me I have to lead a workout. All right, I come in with clothes. The fitness clothes, I'm ready to lead a workout. Uh, it's not the time where I would come with a suit. It all just depends on the setting and what's going on. Um, in the office I'm at right now, it's a bit more just kind of deal with some higher class people. And that was one of the big things. Like, our uniform is pretty strict. We're uh either wear all black or you're you wear a polo if you're on the floor or you wear a you know dress shirt tie and your white jacket if you're a doctor hmm. so it's always kind of been based on what you're doing now speaking of work or working in a workplace do you feel in the end do jobs owe you apathy mm. like by the end of your time there and now we can we can get into different variables such as the time spent um, you know, like let's say six months versus six years, uh, impact there versus someone that was just like, you're walking, you're just a cold, warm, or you're just a warm body throughout the day that's taking up space, or someone that was actively there producing a result. So let's first let's talk about time. Let's say you sent sent spent six months there versus six years. Does the job in the end of the day owe you apathy? In that case, kind of a yes or no for me so six months no it wasn't there long enough to make an impact um in something like six years if i gave you six years of my time i was a hard worker me personally would i expect some kind of apathy absolutely especially if i know i busted my ass during that six years do i expect it not necessarily because at the same time i gave you six years and you're going to replace me in seven to ten business days so it's, I feel that, yes, they should owe you apathy, but I don't think you're going to get it necessarily. Like, how do you feel about that going on the same, like, six months 
to six year topic when it comes to six months no i i i spent a very fraction of time especially the other factor of like thinking it's like a small business yeah you're gonna be much more uh viewed versus like a large corporation let's say as a spectrum or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah no but yeah no i six months i don't think i really i'm a dot on the map of a large large history of this company and i don't think if you have heard in previous episodes that is onyx being fed that is his feeder going off gets me every time it does every time when i record a podcast somehow but six months it, it i don't expect much okay and it's i've i can say in past i've yeah i've gotten quite a big welcome i've you know card thank you gift card inside when i did my internships that were just like a quarter like three months three or four months Mm-hmm. I don't expect it. No, not at all. Six years. I put in blood. I put in sweat. I put in tears into a job like that. It would suck, especially in a small business, not to be like given that treatment and like actual respect when leaving. And it, I, it would suck. But in the end of the day, hey man, it's this work. It's all. It's profession. Um, and this is only coming from management. Uh, people I work with for a mere. 10 weeks give me all the love and everything and praise in the world for changing the rest of their life so it depends where we're talking about from the people i work with mm-hmm. I, I of course i expect nothing but love and wish me the best management i hope for it should i expect it like you said no yeah i agree there when it comes to people like just like any job everyone's gonna have people that they befriend and even after they leave they're probably still good friends with them afterwards as far as that goes, yeah, or I would smack cheeks. Yeah, I would smack cheeks, of course. I would expect apathy in that case as far as like from friends and just like coworkers, people that I'm truly working with every day, obviously with management, you know, depending on your job, maybe you don't even see them. Some jobs maybe you do, but the people that you work with daily, yeah. Especially knowing the kind of person that I am where I don't necessarily go into a job to make friends, but it's dope if I make friends along the way. Like I'm not going to be an asshole to people like like consider myself friendly person in that case yeah i do especially the ones that i'm cool with i expect a little bit of apathy in that in that sense now do we feel let's add different situations Mm -hmm. let's say the job was stressing me so much in my first six months where i felt overwhelmed and i realized i no longer have the capacity to do this job anymore Mm -hmm. and i'm leaving should the job do, should I expect and have this uh, idea that this job owes me? Like, when I put in my two weeks notice that they need to say something to me or, like, there's there's an issue here? Well, I mean, I believe, no. You probably won't get that apathy. Same thing if, again, thinking I always try to use myself as the example. If I've been somewhere for six months and I didn't like it, wasn't good for me, then honestly I'm just trying to get out of there. And for me to put in my two weeks, if I were to see apathy there after six months of just being a nightmare, then I'm not, it's not genuine to me. Now I feel like, oh, you're trying to make up because you're just trying to keep me here. Maybe now you realize, okay, we screwed up. He's trying to leave. Like, that's kind of where I see that. Mm. Like in that situation where once I've made up my mind on something, Especially like a job, your example, six months, it's been miserable here, not good for my mental health and all that. I could really care less if that job gives me apathy or not. Because clearly something was going on in that six months that put me in a dark space. And at the end of the day, I need to protect my peace. 
have you came across jobs that do a pretty good job of, actually, of trying to recognize that or identify that or what processes have been place, put in place to help identify if something is going on or something comes a brewing? Mm. I can go first. Yeah, let me have you go first on that. I feel like, yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I've been in a job before where they, they had a weekly check-in with someone and where it's one-on-one, your time to just go. Mm-hmm. Like, let them know uh, your capacity, uh, your in- actual emotional and your engagement level, uh, what, are, what are some things you want to accomplish, what can I help you with, and what do we need to take off your plate? And that was something I found very intriguing because it's like, all right, one, this is giving the opportunity to say like, hey, there's something going on before it festers and gets bigger and may ultimately, ultimately leaves to me leaving. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if I can't be helped with that thing or that, you know, whatever it is, oh, then that's almost like punching my ticket onto the roller coaster to make this problem leave even faster or fester get bigger because then i'm gonna leave i'm like oh i just told you what's going on you either didn't give a shit or you just say you can't help me all right i guess i'm gonna struggle i'm gonna slowly struggle and like an eraser i'm gonna just slowly burn and get smaller and smaller and then my want to be here will just dissipate completely oh yeah what about you in that case yeah i agree i've definitely had jobs where i've had like those consistent one-on-ones where they're like hey how are things going how are you feeling and those are the jobs where I left those jobs, not necessarily because I hated it there, but just because I found it like a better opportunity. But those are the same jobs where I truly felt that the people there cared. And mm-hmm. I did definitely get apathy. Like when I told, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks, like I've definitely gotten the, oh, this is unfortunate. Like, is there anything, you know, we can do to change your mind? I've seen that both on a genuine and a disingenuine, like, so, level level yeah so in that case yeah i would say yeah i can definitely see in a situation like that where um i would expect apathy and where i've definitely gotten it uh speaking of just being out of job getting fucked yikes who what a segue. fucks more of the youth priests or teachers flag very big flag just in case I might wipe all of this. We will see. Fair. So, who does it? I'm going to say priests. Why? I just feel like they have more access to... Well, I guess... I can't say they have more access to the same kids, because obviously a teacher does, depending on the setting, but... I feel like priests can get away with a lot more, because he has that shield of God behind him. Yeah. Until that kind of lets him get away. Or it enables him... To get to away. To get away. He's like, the Lord made more. me do it. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit, but yeah, yeah. No, definitely priests in that. I would have to say priests definitely fucks more kids. I agree. I, it just is so sick because it's like, teachers, you catch them, there's this big news headline. Priests, they're doing this on the reg. Sweeping like, this is like, yeah, rug. you sweep it under the rug of the Lord. And usually it's, yeah. It's nasty. It's just nasty, it's it's messy, it's disgusting. But then at the same time, people can turn a a blind eye because of his, like, who he is, his figure. It's almost the same sense of how we have the nasty people like Bill Cosby out there, Mm -hmm. where it's like, 
because of who they are, they're allowed to act and act as they want and carry out these nasty ass shits. Because it's just like it's all the time. You hear about it and you heard about it small before it really snowballed to what it was. It's just like, hey, don't go to Bill Cosby's fly spot. Might get a little nasty. And not the good kind nasty. <laughs> the nasty kind. Like that, you saw what he was going, leaving court or going to court. He knew he was getting out. Oh, you yeah. saw when he did that little, that little, the little look, that look back. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now that that whole that whole situation is just nasty. It's own right. It's and it's it's hard for me because I can't really say. Obviously, it's not my generation that really had that connection to Bill Cosby. Like. I maybe watched a handful of the Cosby mm-hmm. show growing up just because it was always on, whether family members were playing or something. So for me, like, I hear about, oh, he was this American icon and this and that. But at the end of the day, he raped women, yeah. allegedly, if you wanted to. Nah, that, that nigga but, did it. No, I believe he did it. That nigga if, did it. Of course, you have the naysayers. So, yeah, but I he just did feel it. at the end of the day, you raped women. So regardless of this image that you gave yourself, fuck off. Get out of here. I don't really care. Disgusting. It's just Disgu- nasty. Disgusting. It's that's one that's part of society right now that I really just hope that we can kind of just use some type of resource to get him back. I mean, my biggest thing, he has enough money where he can disappear and isolate himself completely. Well, on the other side where I'm just hoping like, hey, he comes out and like maybe so there's no there's something else. I wish there was something else that happened. Don't put the negative energy into the air, but man, I hate seeing someone like that get away. Absolutely. It's just like it's like, come on, we know OJ did it. Oh, for sure. It's like okay, we know Bill did it. And R. Kelly, that nigga, nasty. Yeah. Chocolate factory though. Okay, so <laughs> <Fuck> uh, that <laughs> a little thing here, I like talk about. Mm-hmm. It's about the thought of makeup. Makeup has always been seen as this enhancer that women use that, you know, it's like, oh, I put on my face and now I just jump from X rating. I wouldn't rate women because that's not what we do. We not respect a, women absolutely. here at the Don't Argue With Idiots podcast. But uh, some gentlemen, the nasty kind, they would say, oh, when she's without makeup, she's like a six, and now she is a nine when she added makeup. Alright, I guess that's what the guys say. I don't know. I'm not in part of those talks. Yeah, nah. But, I don't know nothing about that, sir. Right? But when it comes to guys, we have our own equivalent to that, and that would be our facial hair. When we have facial hair, something that you and myself both don't really have, nope. when you have it, it makes you a better looking person. So, I'm looking at some hair growth things, but anywho... <laughs> Is that our, you know, makeup, the the beard, the facial hair? I believe so. Um, obviously, it's like you said, it's kind of hard to really give a solid answer on that because, you know, I've been trying to grow a beard forever now and really gave up on it. But I definitely feel for a man, a beard could be our equivalent to makeup because when you think about it, you look at a man with and without a beard, two different people. You know what I mean? That's... Something like a beard, that can be a man's identity. We got so, our, yeah. so I totally can understand where, yeah, like, that's our version of makeup. Yeah, like, we all we have our own creams and butters that you can yeah. put on it now. Like, you can really get that shit. Well, they got, like, the little capes now that you can put on when you sleep. It's almost like a do-rag for your beard. Dang, so I, I can get waves? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about waves, but oh. it, it keeps it nice and fresh-looking. It don't look like, you know, got a bunch of... 
like dead hair. I don't really know oh, the words that I'm trying to use. Say, it just so, keeps it nice and fresh and moisturized, just like how you would do with your hair. Once again, people, we do not have facial hair. We uh, we're raw dogging with our face. Yeah, I just aspire to have it one day. I just I don't really think it's gonna happen. Same. And looking at some too, different hair girls. A little too late in the game for it. Yeah. Tired. Uh, but well, when it comes to the beard, we don't have the beard, but we got the hat. For sure, we got the hats. And, I mean, you know, rock a fedora, rock a beanie, you know, rock the baseball, the flat brim. Yeah. We got different styles. It makes them go wild. I know, mm. bars. Anywho, mm. though. But, let's say we take away the hat. Next, hair. And I, myself, I don't know. My barber told me I'm balding before. We'll see. I don't know. I cut my hair really short. But should we normalize men getting hair implants so we can also be on top of the game? Women got hair implants. They got extensions. They got X, Y, Z. Can we just get A? I don't see why not. I believe so. Absolutely. 100%. Like, thankfully, obviously growing out my hair now, things are still looking good for me. But listen, listen. In 20 years or so, if I start balding, things ain't looking right. Don't be surprised if you see me pull up, you know, with that with that hair implant. I'm 100% with it. You can't tell me otherwise. I'm going to get that fresh LeBron. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Mm. LeBron hairline ain't never been that great. I don't know if you want to get it. Yeah, something. but it's been worse. Uh, see, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to get that Paul George hairline. When mm. it's like two inches above the eyebrows. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. You're going to know I got a fresh hairline every day of the week. See, I guess they must have just CGI'd LeBron's on Space Jam. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, that was looking crisp. Yeah, he's been a sponsor of Rogaine for some time now. I don't blame him. No, not at all. But when it comes to having the nice hair, all that, in the end, it's, you know, we we do this for ourselves, but also to attract. Oh, absolutely. And when it comes to attractiveness, uh, you get into relationships and you start to see people. But the big thing I want to talk about is monogamy and getting into that game and being a part of being in monogamous relationships or monogamous, uh, just, you know, just meeting people and just being one-on-one, find that devotion all back again. Mm-hmm. You think you got it in you? Absolutely, I got it in me. For right. sure. Uh, what prep work do you feel like you had to do to be ready for it? To be to ready to be in the monogamous relationship? Honestly, a lot of it... How do I say it? You really just have to know you as a person. Like, okay, let me use me as an example. Okay. Um... I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, I'm not going to sit here and turn this in therapy session and go through everything, but you need to know who you are as a person, you need to know what things, uh, what, like I said, your strengths, your weaknesses, what things you're willing to compromise on, what things you're not willing to compromise on. You need to be able to know in your mind that you're, you are who you are, like you're still not trying to, let's say, find yourself, because me now looking for a partner i need to make sure i'm good to go because i'm looking long term no one you know i think at the end of the day it really just comes down to me being genuine i'm not trying to waste somebody's time here you know so that being said yeah it's you need to understand it's a partnership not a dictatorship so if you're getting into relationships with someone 
know it's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about that? You you still in the game? What's going on here? I've been getting getting ready, stretching my legs, uh, doing all the warm-ups, getting the motions going, yeah. you know. About 300 uh, shots in the gym a day? Oh, at least. Okay, okay. You know, find me at Holiday Bar or Joey's Tavern or, mm-hmm. you know, XYZ Intersection. But I've been trying to just get back in the habit of trying to meet people for so long and i'm seeing someone and it's pretty dope i see you know people here and there but um yeah it was a big thing with me is i am very genuine very forward Mm -hmm. uh one of the hardest things when it comes to it really is trying to understand for uh to them that i have to be here for them all the time because it's like I can't be there for you all the time right now. Right now we're still in this phase where we're working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you have my attention. As far as when it comes to other people of that significant other category, you have my attention. Yes. But uh, work has my attention. My professional career has my attention. My recreational activities have my attention because those are the things that keep me sane. My health, my fitness. I'm working on all these different avenues to help maintain for me to become the best person for you in the end. But... It's a work in progress. I would tell people, don't expect me. I, I don't want to ever be with someone that immediately can devote themselves to me. It is terrifying when I meet people like that that are just like, hey, I'm ready to give you everything. I'm like, hey, yeah. you know, we just met like four four weeks ago. No, I like, yeah, no. Uh, and it's just c- coming down to an agreement of being open, and we. It's hard to get people to be open with people. Not for me. For me, I I can overdo it almost. Now, yeah, to a point. I feel like. Parts of me, it's kind of hard to be open with people right away because I'm not just one to just give it all up right there. But it's definitely something that, like, I myself have been working on because I always tell myself, well, how do you expect people to know who you are if you're the quiet one all the time and you don't say things, you know what I mean? So that is definitely, like, being open is something I'm for sure, like, trying to work on doing a lot more of. Uh, I I I I need to see someone that's willing to try. I thought that was I learned that was one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. When I see someone that's willing to try, oh my god, that that is attractive. Like if if I if I'm doing something completely different, I'm thinking of not really like a, a hot spicy moment, but I'm thinking about something you did mm-hmm. that resonated and made me really happy. That's a big thing. Uh, I'm I meet so ma- I meet so many different people and. For them to really last in my head from any type of sense, where if it's platonic friendship or, like, romantic, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you got to be the best, but it, it takes a bit to leave a mark. Yeah. Like, like, the water washes the sand away. Your footprint is can be very fleeting. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I just, whether if it's a friendship, it's I'm dating someone, it's a relationship, whatever, I want someone in my life that's going to try to give me that kind of energy just like you said because i'm the kind of person regardless of the situation if i'm interested in you i'm going to invest that time in you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i just when i meet new people like it's always okay here and there but if it's someone i'm really cool with like for example you our friendship consider you a brother i'm going to give you that time of day any day of the week now if i'm mean some schmuck out on the road mm-hmm. eh, yeah hi and bye you know what i mean yeah. but when it's someone that i'm really invested in i'm giving them that 110 percent, and i for sure want to see that back yeah. like that is the most attractive thing i think to that me. power being reciprocated yes. that effort oh reciprocity my oh my goodness. oh yes oh, it's beautiful uh i met uh 
I don't know, man. You're that that is that makes me smile a lot just talking about yeah, that man. because I think about that. And that's that's real. Like he's got to keep that same energy. That's oh. what it's all about. Like that's just what I'm about, man. I'm gonna give you 110 percent if I'm rocking with you. I want the same in return. If I don't get it, I might have to look the other way. Like it made me. I realized it. And it's not just because of all my like a lot of my friends and not all because I got like a nice group of friends that are my married friends and I got a nice group mm-hmm. of friends that are my not married friends. And it's like I probably rock it. Like right now, it's like a seventy thirty split. Thirty percent of friends that are ba- are married or basically married. Thirty percent that are, you know, out here. Damn, I'm getting closer to that marriage split, man. It's crazy, it's, dude. It's I mean, it's crazy, but it's not crazy when you think about that age. But we're gonna hey, get man. into that. Hey, man. <laughs> so you ready to settle, settle down? What's like? What do you think? Let's let's just say both throw it out here because this is gonna mean forever nothing of Spotify, Overcast, Podcast, it's Apple Podcast. It'll, it'll be in the air. It's on tape. Absolutely. So, what age do you think you're gonna be like getting married at? Getting married getting at. Getting married at. Like throw one single number. A single number. Yeah. Let's say thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, and I say that because me now, where I am at as a person. I'm not looking for like the casual dates or the hookups anymore. Like I'm looking long term. I'm looking to find someone to settle down with, eventually get married and have kids with. Like I'm kind of, I'm not 100% in that phase of life, but I'm way closer to that phase of life than I am, like say the casual dating. So yeah, absolutely. I would say 32 because I would like to be with them and know them. Be theory, yeah, in theory, be with them long enough to really know them know that this is the right person and yeah make that commitment and right. i think 32 that's you know it gives me a good little little window, window. here i'd say uh yeah. what about you you uh 31 31 that's that's the number oh yeah because like okay. that's kind of uh, that's kind of close for you after a year and a half or two i get i'm like all right we can maybe give this mar- uh this uh moving in thing a try yeah once that goes well oh yeah i'm like oh we can lock this down because when you have to see someone 24-7, no longer have that eight hour. Like, if I just got to show you who I am for just a few hours, that's different now than you oh. get to see everything. You get a, you know, a look behind the curtain that is Darius, and hey, you get an idea. See, and now we potting. You talking now. I like it. That's a big, like, for me, that's one of the biggest commitments, like, moving in together. Mm-hmm. Like, for me to get to that point, I'm already, like... Like I think she's the one. Let me move in with her and see what's going on here. Like, all right, let's let's go see what's uh, was what it Ju- what jewelers? K jewelers? <laughs> Who is it? There's a few what's, of them. Lots of them. You got uh, every kiss begins with K. You got uh, he went, got yeah, that's K jewelers. I thought. Okay. Yeah, okay, you got um, right. what's going on? I hear these all the time on the radio. What's the other one? He went to Jared's. I don't know. There you go. I don't know who Jared is. Everybody, but everybody fuck... goes there apparently. Yeah, I've mean... never known of anyone to go there. But, J- you know. Jared's out here to lock people down. All right. Do they? All right. Respect to Jared. Then. Yeah, I know a few niggas that lock people down, but it's usually he's nutting them. But that's a little different. I mean, you know, that's a different kind of lockdown. Speaking about people though, that we nutting, uh, <laughs> you know, you talk about weddings. And when you get that invite and you see that plus one, tell me about the power behind it. Like, who? How do you figure out who are the prospects for you to be your plus one going to a wedding? Depends on the kind of wedding, first okay. and foremost. All uh, right. If it's, we'll say like a coworker's wedding, I'm just looking for something, you know, just nice little casual date. You know, might lead to more later that night. Mm. Now, if we're talking like good friend slash family that's when it's someone that i ideally someone who i'd be more interested in 
Because in that case, like, I'm seeing that plus one at the wedding is kind of like a test, all right? How is said person, like, how do they interact with, like, my closest family, my closest friends, you know? Because obviously, that matters. Mm -hmm. Like, in a relationship, how your significant other is around your family and friends, that matters. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It is what it is. So, thinking about, like, a plus one in a wedding, if it's family friend, someone close to me, that prospect got to be someone that I'm considering looking like more of the long term. It just can't be just someone that I can just bring and just beat at the end of the night. Yeah. Like, I can't bring them type of folks around grandma, you know. What about you? Like you, what's what these prospects out here looking like for you for a plus one? What's the, the when, range there? Uh, when it comes to a friend wedding, mm-hmm. a friend wedding. Oh, man, I'm bringing someone in. I can just beat real quick. All right. You, like I'm you. about to come through. Uh, all right, we're nearby. Let's say the wedding's in Spring Lake. I don't know. Let's just throw that one, I guess. Uh, we're going to go through, get a hotel, meet some people, have some fun drinks, talk, dance, boogie, go back. The cuffs are coming on. It is game time. You already... It's, it's, I'm in there for it with a purpose, all right? Absolutely. Uh, lion tatted on the heart. Mm. Call me McGregor. I don't know. Maybe I won't break a leg. Who knows? Please uh, don't. Anywho. Right? It's painful. It, it, it does suck. <laughs> Uh, but if it's an actual family wedding, that and that close friend range, that's actually when it's a test. Like, I got to see how you are going to, op- you know, like, with everyone there in a big setting, dressy setting. And in the past, I mean, I've had people that pass the test. I've had people that failed that test. Same, same. Before that, just meeting them in general, like, is a big thing. So, let, let's say you go over to grandma's house. Like, I talked about, that's a big, pretty big thing. If it's just my grandma, my great-grandma, you're sad, I, you should be fine. It's normal questions. You're old. If it's, it's side family, like, you know, our aunts, mm-hmm. the shady kind, yeah. the kind that just come in, say some things, interview you, oh, yeah, that's like a panel interview. I'm going I'm to, you know, give you a heads up. Like, hey. Oh, yeah, you for bring, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to prep. Like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, would you, you know, would you like being my plus one of this wedding? And they just let you go into their blind. Like, that's just sabotage in its own right like oh yeah i would for sure it's one of those things where you ask that timeless question well who all gonna be there yep like okay let me see okay this person's there this person's there let me go ahead and prep her for this you're gonna see these people they're gonna ask you these questions let's do your best i'm not gonna judge you i'll clean up the mess afterwards if they feel otherwise like stuff like that like you for sure we all got those family members and i think you said it's your auntie it's, it's the same for me i have a specific aunt where it's kind of become the point in my life where whoever I bring home, if they can pass that test, you get in the ring after that. Fair enough. Like, I have, and yeah. That's a statement that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if it's a wedding that is a bit of a drive, let's say it's two hours, two or three hours. All right, one, we've got to be in the car with each other for that prolonged yeah. period of time. It's going to be someone I actually like yes. or have, you know, some actual... Uh, idea or goals with you know in mm-hmm. mind i have i'm like hey let's see how we handle this drive together a prolonged period of time in a car together we're going somewhere we have to get dressed got to see your ability to get dressed on time and we're gonna go see some friends and see how it goes our family mm-hmm. uh then we go back of course we're gonna get a little nasty i'm a fan oh, of that well absolutely you gotta be it's, a little nasty oh yeah just yeah. a little bit oh, oh come on now Nothing overbearing oh yeah mm. that's the standard uh no and it's it's, it's going to be a vibe. It's going to be a strong vibe. We'll see where we go from there. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what I said. It's all situational. Like you said, a wedding where you're going out of town, you got to do some driving. I'm just not just bringing someone to beat because 
I got to interact with you, you know what I mean? Yep. Versus, you know, no cheap plugs here. I'm in a wedding come this October, you know, but it's here in Grand Rapids. So mm. that's more of a situation. It's actually a little bit of a tricky situation for me yeah. because it's a best friend's wedding and I'm the best man in that wedding. So it's getting into that family friends versus just a casual friend where it's like, hmm, I don't want to necessarily just bring someone that I can beat because these are my people. I'm bringing them around. But at the same time, it's just Grand Rapids. So, I mean, do I just find somebody real quick? You bring somebody in that those type of weddings. That the difficult parts of that is the fact that they're gonna have to sit there. Yes, and uh, you won't be able to be next to them. So mm-hmm. then they gotta do make sure you got someone that's very sociable mm-hmm. and able to just you know actually be themselves. Yeah, so that's that's been a tricky one with me because again, I like to consider myself a considerate guy. Like I'm not just gonna put you in this situation where you're sitting at this wedding alone, not knowing anybody. You know what I mean? And then me being in the Flashback. wedding, like, yeah, me being in the wedding, I'm not going to be there with you afterwards. So it's like, all right, go survive there, buddy. Like, I'm, I'm not doing that to somebody. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you, have you been in that situation? Like uh, either as I, the plus one or the one who invited? I was in a wedding uh, a few years ago. And the thing with that one, uh, the person was it was at the time it was fine thankfully because she knows i did the enter slowly integrate them into my friend group which i'm mm-hmm. really big on like mm-hmm. i like if you're gonna be with me you gotta be cool my friends so oh, for sure so it that worked out or she was able to be with them and come in with them so i like you know make sure she was fine and it worked out well but no my biggest worry was they're not very sociable and it's tough and yeah, yeah. we made it through all right <laughs> great person shout out to you whoever you are Uh, But we're going to take a bathroom break and be right on back in just a bit. And welcome back to the Don't Argue With Idiots podcast, episode number nine. And now we're just going to dive a little bit talking about cheating and cheaters. So I had a conversation with a friend last week and she felt strongly that, uh, you know, a person who cheats, she was very surprised that, uh, you know, she had some intercourse with that gentleman before in the past and now he's married and whatnot and has kid and great beautiful wife and she's just like yeah and he still wants to like do it like all the time and i was like yeah because he cheats yeah and that's what you know now he's do. yeah right it's like runners run yeah shooters shoot fishermen fish wrestlers wrestle i don't you, you yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> and i just to kind of explain i use different analogies when i have this conversation i'm saying like let's say you know he has this great wife and let's say she's a that's a 50 dollar bill that's the representation and i said let's say he's walking around and he sees a dollar bill on the ground you're gonna pick up that dollar bill right absolutely so exactly so why would i just stop so I, i try to explain to him like in his mindset even though he is married, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just gained $50. I'm going to grab the other dollars. Now, do you think cheaters change with marriage? No, I don't. Like, I feel cheaters cheat. Um, if you're truly committed to the, to the marriage, in that case... Then it would have changed right beforehand. But I mean, if he was cheating beforehand and he was getting away with it, he feels enabled. Like getting married isn't going to change anything. He didn't get caught before. What makes him think he's going to get caught now? It's a behavior, a learned behavior at that. And you have to, you have to beat it out of him. 
just to say, but I mean, beat like, the devil out of him. Beat the devil out of him. But like, no, oh. if he was cheating before and getting away with it, and you get married thinking that's going to resolve it, then yeah, he's no, he's still a piece of shit. But you're no better for being that naive. I feel. Now, do you believe cheat? Like you said in that uh, sentence there, that if there was a game plan or some type of change that was created prior to the marriage, so let's say he did cheat, because mm-hmm. in relationships they say. of people cheat. So whether it's male or female, people cheat. People cheat. Do you feel that that behavior could have been uh, unlearned or there could have been actually new boundaries set? Like, how do you go around the idea of when you run into someone cheating? Like, how do you fix a relationship? And your mindset. Now, of course, it's not all purpose fix. But what do you think? In my mindset... The minute it happens, you need to address it. I just feel this way with all problems, but in the category of cheating, you need to address it. You need to let them know, hey, knock that shit out, you know, otherwise we're not going to be a thing anymore. It's just as simple as that. And if you've had that talk, you let it be known, you know, I'll give you another chance. This happens again, you know, not necessarily saying like an ultimatum, but you need to let it be known. I'm not going to stand for this. Is that how you would handle it? Yeah. How would you handle it? Oh, how would I handle it? Yeah. If depends on the, mm, I don't want to say it depends on the relationship because she cheated. She cheated. No, she, cheated. Like, she cheated. Honestly, you found out. Honestly, me, for me personally, if I find out you're cheating on me, whether for together a week or for together a year, I'm out. No matter what, I'm out. No matter what, three years, four years. That lets me know you weren't interested. You weren't 100 percent engaged. Me. Remember our conversation earlier? Yeah. Give me that same energy. But that dissipates. Like you admit, like it, it's. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a relationship, that first part, oh my god, lovey dovey, dovey honeymoon yeah. phase. Yeah, After exactly. that, you actually get the real part of the relationship. And I'd say further into that, it it works. You have to communicate and keeping each other's engagement. That's why, like when I talk, and this is going a little bit off base. I tell people I don't like to hit people that that I want to have a relationship with completely with that freaky shit immediately. No, because it's like we need to first understand how to love each other. For lack of a better term, you know, mm-hmm. that part that people do, they say, call it making love, you know? I yeah, know. I don't... I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm like Fifty Shades Grey. I, I, yeah. I, I fuck hard. Hmm. You see the thing? Okay. Yeah. Let's just flag that maybe. Let me just yeah, hit that button us. there. Uh, but anywho, it's keeping each other's engagement at that point. Because that's the thing. People lose interest because of that. Yes. So, so... And I feel... Could you fault them for that? I mean, you can, but what do you do next? Honestly, yeah, you can fault them for it. And obviously this is where people like ask, oh, well, what did I do wrong in situations like that? Me personally, if it comes down to that, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm just not going to stay there. Okay. Like, I'm just, if you cheated on me once, what's stopping you from cheating on me again? Creating and finding out where the neglect occurred. Because usually when someone cheats, it's usually neglect Okay. in some way, shape, or form. For me, I tell people it's because I'm going to be too interested in my job or I'm going to be too interested in doing, being, like, mm-hmm. in previous relationships. I was too interested in being out. Yeah. I like the outside. And I think about myself in that situation. Me, personally, how I handle, like, how I go about relationships, I kind of make it 50-50. I have my own life and my own goals that I'm focusing on. But at the same time, I'm still interested in you and everything that you're doing, and I'm invested there as well. So, I mean, it's like, I can understand there there may and there will come times where I'm probably devoting more time to myself than yeah. I am to my significant other. If that becomes more of the norm, I can see where I probably got cheated on there. 
And I can see where it may be something that I need to address. Like, is it something that I did? But I, Would you care to fix You don't care to fix it at that I point. I just don't care. I guess for me, ultimately, I probably don't care to fix it. But I guess it really depends on the person. Truly. Yeah. Because I think back to my younger self, definitely been cheated on and still tried to make things work out for better or worse. And I feel like I probably would still be the same way now. It just really depends how invested in that person am I. Yeah, I'm thinking at least three, like the, a serious deep relationship or even like a, a deep marriage at that point so, where you're like years, years in. And I think also the other factor is you're a completely different person than you were then. Okay. I'm a completely different person the way I am I agree. now, especially the way how I can talk and communicate. I'm way better at doing that then, where whether I would rather just like not talk about it. Mm-hmm. If it happened, I would rather say, okay, no, this I can't be with this person because they cheated. And I don't know why I had this absolute rule that you can't fix the things because like it doesn't always the problem doesn't have to be cheating it could be a different problem maybe i'm i'm dedicating my energy somewhere else but there's some type of neglect occurring here that made you feel like like the kid that doesn't get attention from their dad or their parents where i need to go act out i had to go do mm-hmm. something else to get this attention and that's where you have to ask that question because yeah even to go back to me like from cheating on like do i stay do i leave yeah, there is definitely something that can be fixed there. It really comes down to, do you want to take the time to try to fix that thing? Because mm. like you said, if they cheated, there could be something deeper there. I think you just said that. And it's true. There could be something deeper, darker, something maybe traumatizing that you know, that could cause this. It really comes down prioritizing your time. Is this person worth like, trying to fix that? Like, taking them back, giving them a second chance, seeing what caused this, trying to find the resolution to it. It's sort of go back to your your thought of time in that if it's someone, say it's been three months, I don't really care. But if it's someone three years or someone I've been married to, then yeah, in that case, I'm probably, I'm going to want to be like, yo, how did this happen? What caused this? If If I've been that committed to that person, then yeah, I don't want to just uproot and just drop it right then and there in a moment's notice okay. not something i've been com- someone i've been committed to okay no no it's all about timing really and now when it comes to that a lot of times sometimes people might find and that would usually come in the earlier phases like we kind of talked about where someone might feel like maybe they don't they have too much energy to be with one person what mm-hmm. do you think of people like that and what are your thoughts behind of it when someone feels like you know I can't, it's hard for them to be that one person. Um, I feel like it can be more of like a, kind of like a lifestyle thing. Maybe like some people, unfortunately, they get into relationships because they find someone. Yeah, I, I feel, I see this as unfortunate what I'm going to say. Some people get into relationships and everything is fun and everything is fine. But over time, some people just treat others like toys like when it's not fun anymore they're looking for something else and at that point like i just i can see where it's maybe too much energy for one person me personally i just i find it shitty because it's like oh you're wasting that person's time but yeah i can definitely see where it's like someone could have too much energy for someone that leads me to ask the question to you though i know that you're someone like a high energy person Uh but with that being said i've i I'll co-sign and say that I've never seen you like foul or something like that to where you had too much energy and you need to be with different people. Like, how do you, do you see yourself as someone with too much energy? 
Uh, n no, not necessarily. I have actually the opposite problem where I don't have enough energy usually to suffice or give to one person. Mm -hmm. Between the professional life and then also my outdoor recreational life where I kind of I kind of have to uh, maintain uh, my happiness and my sanity at the point. Of course, that person, whoever I'm with, they are my peace. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also got to take into account I need my own peace just myself. Mm -hmm. And I do believe in a sense where I do go out and I am alone. I go out to be alone. I go out to be in the crowds alone, meaning I don't interact with other people within the group. I just like to be around and the noise, and that kind of helps. Uh, it doesn't exhaust my social meter, but it's almost a type of relaxation, hence mm -hmm. the raves, hence all that. Mm -hmm. I never found myself where it's hard for me to actually keep my attention. And it's like to just, just one person, honestly. Uh, not just to keep it to one person, but to give the attention to that one person fully. It depends on what they require. So like what we talked about a moment ago when he said it's unfortunate, mm. I think is when you get people like this, you kind of have to take an account to where you got to understand what they want and what they need. So there okay. are people, okay. it, it is selfish, I think, to say, to think one person can suffice all of my needs. Hence, that's why we have friendships with other people. But what if it's sexual? I don't want to drive someone into an uncomfortable realm. And maybe we hit all and check all the boxes mm -hmm. that aren't sexual exactly. And you're my great person. But that is still a box that needs to be checked. I know other couples like this where senses they want to first establish their relationship and grow it to even a marriage before they start. They said, like, give it four or five uh, years. Mm -hmm. Then we're ready to experiment with other people. Okay, okay. And so I just don't think we can ask one person can to satiate all my needs. Okay. So But that needs to be addressed and yes. that's a conversation that needs to be had. Mm -hmm. And at the same time I can't say when. I it could happen cuz you didn't know you didn't you needed it yet cuz you're still learning about yourself, which we do in all our relationships. Yeah. I guess to which to which I would ask if you know that not one person is going to satisfy your needs, then all of your one needs, person then don't only be with one person. Or yeah, why yeah. are you investing in just one person? I well, guess would be my question. At that point, I got to talk to see if that arrangement is fine with them. Because if I got somebody that can fulfill me 95%, I got to tell them about the other 5%. Okay. And we're not going to run into that problem. Because I have to have that conversation if I'm already aware of it. When do you have that conversation? When you have that conversation, when you start. When you decide you want right to have a, a, when you want to decide you want to have an actual relationship with that person. I tell people all my, my red flags right off from the start. I'm working on trying to show empathy to people. It is very difficult because I'm not used to that in my family. We don't show empathy. We don't hug. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. It's not a family where you show emotion. It's things happen and that's it. Okay. So there's expectation. That's just, that's a conversation I have with people usually initially. And it, it goes back to me, that thing we talked about previously where it's like I share my thoughts fast immediately all the time. I gave you the book. Do you want to open it? Your call. Yeah. You can always open it. That's there. No, I agree with that. I respect that answer. It's, yeah. But more importantly now. Oh, boy. How do you support black business? Black businesses? Oh, yeah. How do I support them? How do you support it? All day, every day with my heart, Darius. Yeah? Nah. Um, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes, but. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, uh, how do I support black businesses? Um, honestly, it's just, I try to keep it really simplistic. If I have a certain want or need, and I know I gotta go online for this said want or need. I try to find a black business that might have the same product for me. For example, no cheap plugs here. 
the pandemic really messed with like my face as far as skincare and acne and all. And I knew it was time to find a new skincare routine. So doing my Googles, if that's a word. The Googles. I stumbled across the company. Um, I would say their name for the fact of just not, you know, throwing cheap plugs on here. But it's a skincare product designed for, it's created by a black man, designed it for other black men and just people with melanin in their skin in general. But just something I saw that right off the bat. And even though I was still in like the trial phase of things because I found this black owned business for something that I need, I'm not even going to think twice. I invest my money in them and so far I've been enjoying it. But that's just kind of how I go about it. Like if I see a black business somewhere and it's something that I want, I'm just going to go there and just support them. Like regardless of the situation. You can throw their name in there. Yeah. It's like we just supported Google. We talked about the bars. We talked about all, we supported the white man in all these different ways. We can support the black, the black business as well. You are so right. The name of the company is Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N. Perfect. Yes. I genuinely enjoy them. I've been using the product for about, let's say a month and a half and, even though the viewers can't, you know, see my face, I like to believe it's been doing wonders for what was once a very beat-up face. It is doing wonders, people. I am telling you live oh, from the you, Cherry Street house. I appreciate that. Oh, anytime. Yeah. What about you? How do you like? How do you go about supporting black businesses? Well, I take it very seriously first. Okay. First of all, it's something I dedicate to a monthly fund. Actually, Ooh. I set aside a fund where I will go on to OnlyFans, actually, and I will support black creators, you know, and I will support them through their content. It's something where you need to focus on empowering other people so they can Mm -hmm. take the step to go forward. (laughs) Empower. Yeah. You know. Can't say that was the, uh, the answer I was looking for, but I respect that. I mean, here to empower other people so they can go forward and empower others as well. It's, it's a, you know, it's something that continues and something that may spread. What, what's the saying? Sex work is real work, I believe. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Work is work, Work man. is work. Yeah. Uh, some people say you'd love the things you do, and some people say, like, uh, what is it? If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. That is some bullshit. That is bullshit. That is bullshit to the fullest. Because even when you do it to a point, it's going to become work. Because you have to do it. Yeah. You have to do it to create the sustainability, and it's so dumb. But speaking of something that is also kind of ridiculous that we're running into in this issue in this day and age right now is uh well, hey let's let's stick around with black business. Yeah, let's stay on this topic. Is it so frustrating that people kind of just always kind of go for the discounts all the time like they want the hookups when it comes to black business that's the biggest thing i see the most most of the time yes and someone who you know have lots of family and friends who have their own black owned businesses and someone who obviously supports i find that to be a crock of shit because if you really are about supporting them, the prices don't matter. I understand everyone. I understand everyone has a budget. Sometimes it may be out of your budget. I get that. If that's the case, I would just rather you just not support than to try to go for that discount. Because what a lot of people don't understand, when you're starting up companies like this, you don't have the money to mm-hmm. necessarily get the supply and then give it at a decent price like mm-hmm. that. There's a reason those prices are like that, people. Like, you got to start somewhere. You got to crawl before you can walk, you know? Like, I... I find it tasteless, especially because I see it a lot in our community where it's black folks trying to ask these black-owned businesses for the discount. And it's, I just had this argument with, with my mother last night. And I just, 
if you're gonna get to that point, don't just don't do it. It's just tacky. Everyone's trying to make a living here. If I give you this discount, then I gotta give everybody this discount. It's just no, just no. Ultimately, it's real. It's just like a lot of times people want to support, but not really support. And but things you can support in different ways. You can support a black business would just be sharing their posts online or through yeah. whatever medium you have available. Mm -hmm. uh, just verbally even expressing it and just I don't know, just kind of expressing and the biggest thing when it comes to that product it's just it's not widely known before the fact that how they review it if you go on and leave a review yeah that's great because you see something that works as five stars all the time or 4.8 stars mm -hmm. you're going to be interested you're curious it it doesn't cost a dime to support but also you shouldn't ask for these discounts these breaks because the first three years of run and running a business is you don't the make worst. a profit yeah the absolute worst you're trying but, to just build ground mm -hmm. but see i can and this is where i try not to get like super aggressive on arguing about that because i understand some people just don't know what goes on in the background like me i'm fortunate enough i know how that goes because again i have friends who have created businesses um like when i was in school i you know kind of have a business minor myself you know i kind of know how these things work to an extent like i i understand where people wouldn't understand the inconvenience or the hassle that comes with asking for that discount and then in turn getting upset about it like if i guess it's if you know you know kind of mm. honestly what do you feel like how are, when you see or hear people trying to get those discounts like what's your initial thought on that like do you like kind of turn your face to it? Like, are you oh, that you're person that's looking bastard. for? Oh, you're That's just being selfish. You just want to. You mm -hmm. want something for free. You want something at a discounted rate because you think it's like when we go to a restaurant and let's say someone's serving someone else we know is doing it. Oh, we know they're about to hook us up. Let's right. say we go to Cellos. We know somebody there. Mm -hmm. Said name. Oh, they about to hook us up, and they hook us up randomly. Oh, oh, they pay for a meal. Oh, oh, they got a drink. Oh, yeah. They they look out. And so that same expectation of looking out, they expect to be, especially when you have business. Mm -hmm. Oh, you run this joint? Oh, that means I should get this, this, this. It don't work that way. It's nasty. Very nasty. It's never free. And that's the thing. When someone gets you drinks, remember, remember that. That person's paying for that drink. Yeah. Just because that bartender that you happen to be so cool with is giving you this drink on the house doesn't mean that drink's on the house. Them pennies are still coming out of somewhere, someone's pocket. Correct. Someone else is having to pay for it. Yeah. Ugh, it's nasty. That's but when you compensate and you leave said person a nice tip for their services. Nice, sizable tip. Nice. Tipping 20%, and people get hyped about that. I swear tipping 20% is just still like, yeah, thank you. It's just like, it's that's it. Like, 20% is my low ball. That's the standard. Yeah, 15% if you did t some really bad service. The thing is, when I see people with like a $100 bill and tip like 10 or like less that blows my mind it's annoying i just i couldn't believe it and i just i oh man some people say oh you should work somewhere better i was like but but what do you say to the people that would to the counter argument because i can already hear it in my head oh well yeah they were our server slash you know they were our server but they didn't really help us and this and that like what's your take on that like for me it's like so they still served you you wouldn't be able to get this like on your own yeah it's like more the etiquette it's like who you're going to be served by somebody yeah and in the end it's not just like that those those uh tips go directly to them mm -hmm. usually there's like a split and so at that point someone helped you 
Mm-hmm. Not exactly that person, but you were helped when you were in here. It's a service industry. Yeah. You pay for service. It's 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 nuts. It's called goods and services for a reason, you know. Uh, but speaking of somewhere that they need some service, it'd be the Tokyo Olympics, the U.S. basketball team. Right now, sorry guys, we're getting the sports. We're gonna make it quick. We're gonna wrap it up. But man, we suck. Yeah, no, they need a lot more than service. They need service. They need a hope, a prayer. And, I mean, when you look at that roster, they're kind of doomed from the start because it's nothing but ISO players. Ain't nobody playing defense. And we don't have any bigs on that team, really. So, I mean, we're already kind of at a disadvantage, which, I mean, there's still time to make changes, as you've been seeing. But this is kind of what happens when you just decide, oh, I'm just going to find every superstar and just put them on one super team. That's not a super team. I'm sorry. That's just a team full of a bunch of talented ass niggas that happen to be in the same country. And they ain't playing well. They're not, and it's showing. The girls, too. The women were, they lost yesterday by three points. The WNBA. They lost to Australia. Oh. The, oh, yeah, I guess The U.S. Right. women's team. I'm so thrown off because I know, and this is another topic the, for a different day, but the WNBA, their all-star break was yeah. this weekend. So they, they did the, the WNBA versus the world. And they beat the WNBA beat, well, beat the world. Yeah. yeah. But you're talking the U.S. women's national team. And they lost Australia by three gotcha. points. Who didn't have, play their best player. Hmm. That I did not see. Yeah. Brianna Stewart, she had a rough game, but I think she's, she was like six of like 17. Look at you knowing stats on a women's basketball game. That is growth, be, sir. Because it's very important to respect women. And you know what? I don't have to talk about this any further. I'm going to go show it out in the streets. Anything else you'd like to say to the great people? You know what? It's It's been a wonderful time. Um, to anyone who's listening to this, I appreciate you just taking the time even to hear my voice. It's about all. All right. Much appreciated. So right now, we are, this, show, this episode will be out before the end, very end of July. Uh, you got... I appreciate lending me your ears, and of course, uh, I look forward to seeing some of you in the future. Please don't come up and just ask me a lot of questions about these episodes in person. It's neat and all. I appreciate you care. I appreciate you listen. It's kind of uncomfortable for me, especially when I'm just hanging out. I I don't have my thinking face on at this point. But thank you. Uh, once, Once again, it's always dairy free. Thank you for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears for episode nine. Nine down, one final episode to go. I don't know how I can surprise you, but I'm sure I will think of something. And hey, stay tuned because it is always dairy free.